This year, your 30th Christmas Eve, you see a man standing at a bus stop at 7.30 p.m., a gift wrapped on the sidewalk in front of him, a box as high as his knees. It's too dark to make out the color of the bow. You're not even sure if the buses are still running, running, running. Over here, gentlemen. I. I have a favor with you. Start. Please not I'm Joe Stracci, and I better start writing this down. Episode 15 30 Years of Christmas Eve. When I sat down to begin mapping out this season, I toyed with the notion of doing an IBS WTD Christmas special, but I never got much beyond that, just the initial thought. And then, finally, when I'd stopped thinking about it, an idea, 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 idea. I'd been working on this piece for a while. An essay told in reverse chronological order of vignettes about Christmas Eve over the years. I finally finished it, dragged and dropped it into the complete folder on my computer a year ago, right after Christmas. I submitted it to a couple of places, but heard nothing back, 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 back. In less than a week, I'll be celebrating my 31st Christmas Eve. My essay is already outdated. Listeners of this show will know that in the last year, a lot has changed. Most notably, in a span of five months, my mom died and my wife and I had another baby. I thought about bringing the Christmas essay back from the dead and working on it further including a new year, a new suitcase of emotions to struggle up the stairs of life with. But I read it and just loved it so much in its original state that I decided to leave it the way it was and turn it into whatever it is that I'm doing here. The personal essay 2.0 is what I've been calling it lately. And honestly, I thought it would be nice in a way to have a snapshot, not necessarily with only good components, but authentic at least, of my first 30 Christmas Eves before so much changed. So here's wishing you all a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holidays. Let's go back in time, 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 time. Thirty years ago, an initial Christmas that lives on only as a wooden ornament, a popular children's television show character cradling the appropriate numeral, a red ribbon, a slow, steady cursive on the back, 1984.
25 years ago. A disappeared family member. A just-arrived Santa visiting with the children on the couch. The adults laughing knowingly at the joke Santa is making. The disappeared relative returning under the cover of just given presents. Always just missed him, missed him, missed him. Twenty-three years ago, being told in the parking lot of a chain hardware store that is no longer in business that Santa isn't real. Being told that you need to know so that you can help to keep the lie going for your younger brother. Not believing the plan for how you are going to make Santa seem real for him. There is talk of shimmying up a just loose enough pipe to a second floor bathroom window that was too small. The rest of the details are missing now. What isn't missing is what you were upset about then. How far-fetched the plan was. Ludicrous. Absurd. You were incredulous before you even knew the word. What you think about now is what you weren't upset about then. That you were seven and most of the magic had been tipped out of your world against your will. Fifteen years ago, everyone waiting as gifts are opened in age order. Or seventeen years ago, as gifts are opened one at a time around the misshapen family circle. Some sitting on the couch, some on the floor, the adults always shrugging off their turn. And regardless of the form that the ritual took, the self-conscious paranoia, the terror of producing an appropriate reaction to sports team themed pens, seasonally appropriate scented bottles of hand sanitizer, CDs requested through a third party, ornaments that reflected a desire to show an understanding of alien hobbies. This is the year when you learned how to play guitar. Socks needed, but not quite the right brand. Cash, gift certificates, gift cards, combination gifts. You're married now. Wine, glasses for wine, seasonally inappropriate scented candles, likely received prior and redistributed. Gifts for the half-you being rocked in the corner of the room. Her own baby's first Christmas ornament. Appropriate number being cradled by era-appropriate cartoon character. Somewhere amongst the unopened. You can watch the sensation being handed down, then and now, through the decades. Even the decades you were not there for. Until joy cannot be received only relief.
Seven years ago, the beginning of the thinning of the Christmas Eve herd. Relatives jockeying for position. The commute wearing on some. The burden of preparation on others. The subdividing of several families' traditions. Tradition, 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 tradition. Three years ago, the round radiance of the new strain of Christmas lights, LED, which are absent the familiar incandescent glow. These are safer though, efficient, less fragile. But whatever made up all of those component and attributes opposites, you realize is where the glow of old came from. You speak wistfully about them, although you know that all you ever did then was complain about them, and listen to those older than you speak wistfully about the lights of their Christmas past, lights that, at the time, they only complained about. It feels like wishing for the Manhattan that wheezed before they cleaned up Times Square. It feels like wishing for a past that only soothes the burn of the present merely because it is over. It feels like wishing for a lot of things. This year, your 30th Christmas Eve, you see a man standing at a bus stop at 7.30 p.m., a gift wrapped on the sidewalk in front of him, a box as high as his knees. It's too dark to make out the color of the bow. You're not even sure if the buses are still running. While you wait at the light, you create entire lives, past and present, for the man at the bus stop who is waiting to deliver his present. Maybe this is his last chance. Maybe he's on his way to make everything right. Maybe tonight is the first night of the rest of his life. In all of these variations, it's a daughter he's bringing the gift to. Because you've got a daughter now. And so that's the emotion that needs supplying. And she needs a hero. And so you need a hero. Because if you've learned anything over 30 years of Christmas Eve, it is that you yourself are no hero. The realization stopped at the light, trying not to stare at the man, that you have reached that mythical mile marker of adulthood, where the excitement of the run-up to the moment now far exceeds the execution of the moment, as well as, and even especially, the moment itself. And how slow that realization has dawned on you. Like the sun finally rising and daytime lasting for 34 hours or something on some distant planet 
where time behaves in a way that must be altered to fit our understanding of it. Stopped at the traffic light, you know that if the man at the bus stop with the gift on the sidewalk in front of him was looking at you, your face would be bathed in red light. But you aren't being looked at from the outside in. You live exclusively on the inside. Tracking up and down highways now, back and forth to the old life, the ever-thinning Christmas Eve herd, the rubber band of self stretching more and more each time, changing the ligature of the word you penned on it, hoping to one day never be able to read it again, imagining words and sound and intention and meaning that travel through the airwaves around you, around you, around you, around you, around you, around you, around you. Once you've left this year's gathering, after the man, after the festivities, driving on roads, leaving what was once home for what is now home, feeling like you know where everyone and every car that passes by is either going to or is coming from, calms you. But only on the local streets. The highway introduces doubt, is anyone's guess. These are roads and stretches of highway that you have a memory of, even though they are no longer your roads. In the same way that you don't have to remind yourself to breathe, or pull your hand back from something that is too hot to touch. This is happening a week after a snowstorm. The windshield is being pelted by undissolved pieces of salt that are too big to be a pebble, but not quite severe enough to be a rock. You're wondering which one will penetrate and put another crack in the windshield. Another afternoon spent at the glass place, reading books on your phone, more of their paperwork, more calls by your wife to the insurance company. They'll take care of it though. Glass is covered is the phrase your wife uses, or maybe they use. That's the kind of nicety that you can afford now, the kind of change that your family whispers about when you are not there. Eleven days after New Year's Eve, the holidays have been vanquished. They were just another tornado that was all I. It's a new year, another that you swore you wouldn't start out blackout drunk in. It doesn't matter if you were successful or not though. The point is that while you can break promises and see them in fragments on the ground around you, you can only ever fall short of what you swear which means that it remains there, intact, always dangling just up ahead of you, unresolved. Sitting at your office desk, you are still thinking about Christmas Eve. This is after the gifts, 
and the food and the man and the driving. More recently, the kisses and the streamers and the ironic party hats and the banal declarations of tunnel vision laser focus towards and on success and happiness and freedom in the new year. You look at the miniature LED Christmas tree that lights up when you plug it into the USB port of your computer. Your daughter is asleep in the next room. You wonder if every year will be like this, spent trudging further back in time, and if you will eventually lap yourself and wind up swaddled and crying and diapered, frail and spotted, unable to speak the language of those around you, sitting soiled atop a mountain of wooden Christmas ornaments. And you anticipate how they will all misunderstand your flailing arms as pain, your cries as anger, your tears as frustration, when all you are really trying to say is that you've been here before, that you can help, that after so many years, so many Christmas Eves, you know the mistakes that will be made. And if they would just quiet down for a minute, and listen, you could set them all straight before it's too late. For more information about I Better Start Writing This Down, visit ibetterstart.net. Read this episode's script, as well as the entire IBS WTD archive at medium.com forward slash at I better start. If you want to support my show, there are three things you can do. One, one, pledge a dollar or two at patreon.com forward slash I better start. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash I better start. Once you've done that, and thank you so much for supporting me if you do, you can too rate the show in iTunes. If you already have, thank you. And now convince a friend to. Rating the show in iTunes moves us onto and uplifts and in front of new eyeballs and hopefully into new ears. After that, you can three, 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 spark some chatter about the show on social media, share our Facebook posts, tag a friend in the comments, Instagram pictures, retweet our tweets. I know it's stupid, but it helps to attract new listeners to the show, and that's what we really need to grow. I better start writing this down. It's sponsored by Audible. You go to audibletrial.com forward slash I better start. You can get a free audiobook download and a 30 day free trial and help to support the show all at the same time. It's a hell of a holiday gift for yourself. Audible has over 150,000 titles to choose from. One title that I think IBS WTD listeners would enjoy is Holidays on Ice by David Sedaris. How about this book around the holidays in 2006 when I'd 
first started working at Barnes & Noble. Armed with an employee discount, I'd scour the shelves and bins while restocking what the customers had tossed during store hours. Because of this thinly veiled book browsing that I got paid to do, I came home from each of my first dozen or so shifts with a bag of new books. Holidays on Ice was one of them. Ever since, I pull it out and read it during the holidays every year, and it never disappoints. But with David Sedaris narrating the audiobook, I'm pretty sure it'll become a part of your holiday traditions as well. To download Holidays on Ice for free, go to audibletrial.com forward slash I better start. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash I better start to help support the show and in return receive a free audiobook and a 30-day free trial. I better start writing this down as a holly jolly social media presence. SoundCloud, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, we're everywhere. All you need to remember, our username in all of those spaces, I better start. That's it. Ho, ho, hopefully, you wrote it down. So you're gonna tell him. Okay. Are you gonna tell him anything about Marlo? Yeah. Okay. Alright, Tio, you're doing the audio. You, you can be like, you can be like, it's already going. Wait. So you can you can be like right over here and show you'll still get it. Oh no, that's okay, thank you. Ready? Okay, I'm gonna go. He's waiting for you. Yeah, that's fair. Hey, Santa. You want to sign? She's telling you what she wants already. Why don't you let him ask you? I want a magic wand. Really? What magic wand do you really want? Okay. I have a little magic wand. Look, let him hold her. You want to sit next to this? Go ahead. Go ahead. Hop up on your cat. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, look, I'll help you up. Go ahead. Hop up. Oh, boy. I'm so glad you came to say hi. Look at these guys. Look at Lou, look at me. Look at Dad. Lou, tell Dad, tell Santa. Ask him about Rudolph. Rudolph is. Don't your birthday. 
Blue, how many years old are you? My Asian Asian is coming. 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 Is